0: You're listening to a special episode of the TOP Life You Service. Be sure to subscribe to get all your latest TOP services recorded right here on this channel. God bless. We start off tonight with our special guest speaker, Sister Grace Cole.
1: What does the Bible mean by saving? It technically means, from the dictionary, deliverance from the power and penalty of sin. In other words, means redemption. So, also, redemption means saved by God. So, has anybody ever been physically saved and God has helped you through it? Could be like bike accidents, swimming in the deep end by accident. Um, I had a story, sadly, um, so when I was about, like, three or four, I was, like, riding, I was like having a little piggyback ride on my brother's back, Jacob. And for some reason, um, Isaac, he goes and trips my brother, which makes him fall, which makes me landing on a pointy table and injuring my forehead, which had my bones sticking out. So then I had to go to the ER and stuff. It was not pleasant so I'm really glad that God helped me get through that Isaac really hasn't changed ever since so now the real question is has God ever saved you spiritually what I mean by saving spiritually is that you can be born again of the spirit and of the water to be saved spiritually things of this world take us farther away from God such as worldly music or actions caused by the world but he never lets us go because he is with us always. And you can't escape from the spirit of God because he is everywhere. In the Bible, David said that when he goes to heaven, God will be there. And if he makes his bed in hell, God will also be there. So you can't escape from God. And it was just like Adam and Eve that who like tried to hide from God because they ate from the forbidden tree and God was calling for them. They didn't want to be shamed for their bad deeds. Um, so... Technically, we can be saved spiritually and physically because God is with us when we are saved spiritually. And He is always there when we are needing to be saved physically. So that's all I got. Your hands, you can want to close your eyes while you're singing it just to focus whatever you need to give that attention to God. Amen. Do you believe he can move mountains? I believe God can move mountains. for all this team to, we're just singing the, the words to the Lord who is worthy. We're just going to listen to our special speaker all the way from Tri-Cities. Woo, 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 woo. I guess he's from Spokane, but <laughs> it is Colton. Woo, let's give him a hand clap as he comes up.
0: Thank you. Let's give a hand clap to the Lord. It, isn't Isn't he great? How many people would be here without God? Anyone would be here without God? You know, like if you didn't have God, do you think you'd be here today? If God didn't exist, do you think we any of this would be here? Obviously not. Thank you. He said, I appreciate the assist there. <laughs> no, God is awesome. That, that word awesome is, is, you know, we have the word like, oh, that's awesome. But in the Bible, when someone says awesome, you got to look at someone and be like, my God goodness. There's just no other way. It's it's awe-inspiring. It just literally makes you go. Oh. That's what awesome means. It's like, oh, like some, you see something that's so crazy. It can only be God. And I'm here because of that, not just specifically here, but I'm alive because I'm standing because God is awesome. Um, I'm sure many of you know, but I was born with a, a disease called cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy is, is a muscular disorder. Means your muscles not work the way they're supposed to. When I was born, I had that. They, my parents took me to a doctor. I'm gonna move this, ADD. My parents took me to the doctor, and uh, the doctor said this kid has cerebral palsy. He may never walk. He may never live a normal life. He may never do anything that normal kids are supposed to do. My mom and dad, who weren't even in church, they didn't have parents in church like most of us do. I think all of us do. They didn't have uh, parents in church who knew God. And they had nowhere to go, so they talked to my aunt, who went to a praying in church, and and they said, hey, our kid has cerebral palsy, we don't know what to do. So so my aunt said, well, our church is going to pray. And so one month later, after a praying church happened, I was taken to that same doctor who said, this is not the same kid. God is awesome, because what he does is he takes a broken situation. He takes a situation where you don't know if you're ever going to have a future, and he says, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to turn around for my glory. So if you're going through something, if you have family members going through trials and tribulations, tests, struggles, diseases, illnesses, if you have basketball coaches going through cancer, if you have uh, uh, football team members going through cancer, I'm not, I don't mean to pick on you, but that's just, you know, what's going on in, in, in life around us. We have an awesome God who we can go to no matter the situation, no matter the problem, no matter the test, and he can fix it. He can fix anything. I'm not in... I'm not going to be talking about that too much today, but I just think it's important to to mention that we have an awesome God, and you guys should never forget it, because uh, uh, because it's all around us. Your schools, our schools, want to tell us that you know Earth was just randomly formed together, and I want to tell you that it wasn't. There's too much perfection and beauty in the world for it to be all a mistake, all happened, because that's what the world wants to push mistakes, and you're just gonna have to own your mistake. No. God didn't make a mistake when he made you, didn't make a mistake when he made the world. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made with a purpose and a plan in mind. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Don't let yourself tell you differently. All right? Disclaimer out of the way. Isn't God good? That was kind of weak. Isn't God good? Yeah, all the time. That's right. We're going to go to Joshua. Joshua, this wonderful book in the Old Testament. I love this book. Uh, we're going to have it up on the screen, but if you guys don't mind standing for the reading of the Word, it is a tradition that is held in the Bible in the book of Ezra. They stood at the reading of the Word because it was so awesome. It had this awe, this like awe, you know, this makes your jaw drop. That's how you should think of awesome, awesome jaw, because your jaw is dropping when you see it. And Joshua is a book in the Old Testament. It happens right after Deuteronomy, and it's a very important time in the history of honestly, the entire world, but specifically in the Bible, the history of Israel. It should be that first scripture that's uh, after the games. Yes. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Say "Joshua." Joshua. Say Joshua the son of Nun. Now, that's not like he wasn't the son of anybody. That's crazy. No, Nun is uh, his, his dad's name. Uh, and it says specifically that he was Moses's minister, saying, next verse, please. Give a hand to Daniel back there, holding it down. This is very important. Moses, my servants, who knows who Moses was? Ever. That's good. Moses, he's the guy, you know, he split the Red Sea, right? He The 10 plagues, all this guy, he, he said, let my people go. He did that he had a staff and really cool stuff. Now, this is 40 years after, about 41 or 42 years after all that happens. And now we get to this point where God is talking to Joshua, second in command. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. Thou Just go over the Jordan's a river, not a person. Jordan, not Michael Jordan, the Jordan River, completely different thou and all these people unto the land which I do give to them. So what Joshua's doing, he's now leading all these people who've been wandering around in a desert for 40 years, but now they're finally going to get to where their home's supposed to be, which I do give you even the children of Israel. Ugh, excuse me. Every place, say every place, that the sole of your foot, point to your sole of your foot, that's basically every place that you step on, I have given you said Mo uh, as I said to Moses. So this is the same promise that Moses gave uh, that God gave to Moses. God's given to Joshua because it's the same God. Say same God, same God, same promise. Verse four, please. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even to the great river, the river Euphrates. He's basically saying the entire border of your nation. Like, America has a border. We have a border north, south. We have some oceans on either side. Next verse. So he's telling them the lay of the land. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee at all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, say, just like Moses, I'm the same God. And I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Perfect. Verse six. It's a big one. I need everyone to read this with me right now. Say, be strong and of good courage. Say that one more time. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide the inheritance of the land, which I swear unto their fathers and give them. The next verse, please. Only thou be strong. Say strong. And now say, very yes. courageous. This is this is fun, isn't it? I'm having a good time. I'm just standing up here, just saying, telling you to say stuff, and it's working. That thou mayest observe according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee: turn not from this to the right hand, nor to the left; that thou mayest prosper wherever. So this is again that same promise. Forty years ago, God made Moses a promise: say, I'm going to give you a promised land. Wherever you go, it's going to be your land. Forty years later. God didn't change. The people in your life may change. The circumstances in your life may change. The people who you're talking to may change, but your God will never change. His promises are yes and amen. That means they're never going to change. Whatever he promises in this Bible is going to happen, whether it be from the Old Testament or the New Testament. Whatever is in this word is going to happen. Jesus said, not one period or exclamation mark will fade away, will not be fulfilled. All his law, all his words are final. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth Amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, for thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For thou, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have a good success. And the last verse I think is nine. Have I not commanded thee? You want to read this next verse for me? Everyone. (laughs) Of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever. Withsoever means wherever. Thou goest. No, thou goest. All right. That was a lot of reading. Give yourselves a hand. We all did it together. I'm going to pray one more time because I like prayer and I need it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the word of God, for the promises that you have are yes and amen. They're not going to fail. You're never failing and you never will, God. I ask that you bless this word into our bodies, into our hearts, our mind. Let us have some focus about this. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, turn to someone, flex and say, be strong. And then and kind of front up on them. Memphis, we can do this. Front up on them. Say, of good courage. Good courage. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Go ahead, sit down. Go ahead, sit down. That's fine. She's she knows. She knows. She's okay. We're not gonna we're not gonna tattle here. We're not gonna point fingers. I just want to let you all know, God sees everything. Woo. Okay. Let me go to the notes now. I've been going off notes for a little bit. We're back on the notes. That word, strong and good courage. Say strong. Say good courage. Not mediocre courage. Not bad courage. Good courage. I don't know if it matters the good, but I feel like it does. It's in the word I'm going to say it. The word strong is literally resolve. Have you ever heard of bend, don't break? Bend, but don't break. Bend, don't break. It's a, They say it in football defenses a lot. It's when you're being attacked left and right, and you're just being pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, but you never give up the big play. You're bending, you're giving a little bit, but you're not breaking. There's this guy named Muhammad Ali who's a boxer, best boxer of all time. The footwork man, foot like a butterfly, sing like a bee. You know that guy. He was in this this fight, the rumble in the jungle, the best fight of all time probably. He was going up against the guy that makes the grills, George Foreman. Oh, man, who's ever had a George Foreman burger? Come on, it's on that little electric. Yeah, come on, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think you guys know what a George Foreman is. Anyways, uh, if you ever see the word George Foreman on anything, you got to know he was a boxer, a long time ago. So it was this guy, George Foreman versus Muhammad Ali, the rumble in the jungle. They're literally in Africa fighting. I think it was Africa. It might not be. I didn't really research this before I started talking. But they were fighting. And this is the George Foreman's like, I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to. George Foreman had the meanest knockout punch you ever didn't see because you wouldn't be able to see. It would just hit you. You'd wake up and you're like, what happened yesterday? I don't remember. Uh, What happened last week? Who am I? Because it was such a knockout punch. But Muhammad Ali, the best boxer of all time, had a plan. He'd bend, but he didn't break. That's what what true strength is. He sat on the ropes, and he wore that guy out. He wore George Foreman out. George Foreman would try to hit him and punch him. He'd connect, too, but Muhammad Ali was resting on the ropes. The ropes were a little elastic, so they gave way. They called it the rope-a-dope strategy because you're on the ropes, and the other guy's a dope, you know? So he just sit there. He would bend, 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 but never break. He never got the big hit on him. And eventually got to the point, Muhammad Ali knocked him out. Just like that. Just like that. That is strength. You know, you can work out, you can do all the muscles and stuff, but in a fight where true strength comes down to, bending but not breaking. Good courage. Say good courage. It means being brave, being alert, being bold. It takes a lot to be bold. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of will to be bold, to say, I'm just going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it. Excuse me, sorry about that. Can't control my own coughs sometimes. There's a story in the Bible of this man named Elisha. Anyone have heard of Elijah? Anyone heard of Elisha? Elisha is uh, this, uh, literally the like the next man up from Elijah. They were, Elijah was the the man of God. Elisha was his servant, his minister. He would wash the hands of the the prophets. Said eventually, Elisha took over. Very similar names. One time, Elisha had this own his own guy he was with too, and these people were looking for Elisha. And his servant woke up one day, looked out, like, "We're surrounded. It's not good. We're gonna die." But Elisha said, don't you worry, don't you worry, there's more with us than there are against us. A bold thing to say when you see no one with you and everyone else against you. But Elisha Elisha just said, open the eyes, open up his eyes, open, he prayed to open up his real eyes so that he could see chariots of fire. And as soon as he prayed, the, the servant opened up his eyes and he saw that there was more with him than were against him. There will always be more with you than there are against you, even if you don't think so. Even if you don't know so. Even if it's just you versus a whole classroom, a whole school, a whole team. There will always be more with you in the fight of, in the the good fight of faith. Because uh, you got God on your side. You got God on your side. It takes a little bit of strength. Not a little bit, a lot of strength. It takes a lot of courage to stand up for what's right, especially nowadays. But if you take that stand, you will realize it will be more with you than against you. You might take some hits, but you will just have to rope-a-dope the devil because the devil's going to lose eventually. That's what the back of the book says. The Bible says that he's going to be thrown down a pit for uh, a bottomless pit forever. Then he's going to be locked away. Then he, you know, then it says that we're going to reign over the earth. That's just all in Revelations. It's nuts, man. Courage. Say courage. The one word that describes Joshua's book, it starts and it ends with this word courage because Joshua was second in command after Moses. Moses, one of the greatest prophets, one of the greatest people in the Bible ever. We have, you know, books. We have the Ten Commandments because this guy, we have, uh, what's that animated one that's really fun? Prince of Egypt. Yeah, that's, that's about Moses, right? Joshua is a kid, basically, when he leaves Egypt. He's a kid. But the first time we see Joshua mentioned in the Bible, he was actually being picked to fight and lead an army, because there's something different about this guy. The Bible says there's a different spirit about him, and he became Moses' right-hand man. Wherever Moses went, Joshua would be soon behind or following Moses' instructions for that battle. Joshua was fighting. Moses was praying up on the hill, but they won the battle. Where when the next time you see Joshua, he's right with Moses. Moses is going up to talk to God. Joshua is on that mountain too, a little bit below, but just trying to follow the man of God. There's a story of Moses talking to God in the tabernacle and Joshua waiting after Moses leaves in the tabernacle, just in the presence of God. Joshua is the ideal second in command, but now Joshua has to come to a point. Where he is no longer under the covering, he's no longer the decision maker, or he's no longer following the decision maker. He is talking head to head, face to face with God, because Moses, my servant, is dead. There will come a point in all of our lives where you have to start leading your own life. You have to start leading your own pack, if you will. I'm not talking about family. I'm talking about there's going to be a point we have to make real decisions. Like, is church important for me? Am I going to listen to the voice of God? there's going to be a big point in your life where you find out that you're the one in the driver's seat of your life. Right now, you know, we we make decisions for ourselves as young people. I remember i make it like, oh, am I going to go on Facebook or am I going? If uh, so that's when Facebook was kind of still a thing. Now, like, only moms use it or something. Uh, and ants with the minion memes. But, you know, there's a decision like, am I going on YouTube right now? Am I going on Instagram? What am I doing? But now, eventually, you have to figure out, like, you gonna pay, are you gonna pay rent this month or <laughs> are you gonna do this? Are you gonna you know, watch that? Are you gonna, are you gonna go to church? Or are you gonna stay home? For real, it's a real decision that you have to make. Joshua found himself in the driver's seat. All these Israelites who were with Joshua were not the ones, or some of them, most of them were probably the ones that came out of Egypt, but they're all young when that happened. Because what happened in the in the wilderness Uh, they're supposed to go into this promised land 40 years earlier than where we get to in our story. They're supposed to cross right over, but they doubted. Most of them doubted. Only two of them didn't doubt. That was Joshua, which we know, and Caleb, another really cool guy that we don't have time to talk about today. And from that moment, because the other 10 doubted what God could do, they were punished. They had to walk around in the wilderness, and and God made a decision that everyone uh, everyone over 40, or everyone over 20, had to, to, you know, was going to die before they got to go into the promised land. So now we're faced with a group of people who either never have seen, never didn't know about, didn't go through the Red Sea, or who barely remember it. They're no longer reliant on their parents' relationship with God. They have to make one themselves. And it takes a lot of strength to do that. Because there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Everywhere, everything you scroll, and every reel that you see on Instagram, every every photo you see, every, every video you watch is trying to tell you a story, trying to tell you something, another voice influencing your life. And you have to make a decision. I encourage you. In fact, I'm going to tell you, you got to make it now. What are you going to do? But don't worry. Just be strong and of good courage because the same God that... That part of the Red Sea, the same God that had the ten plagues released, is the same God that Joshua is talking to. And he can do great things, even better things. The same God that Moses had a face-to-face connection with Joshua is getting that same experience. Because no matter what time it is, no matter how far you go, no matter where you go, whether you go to college or you stay home or you get a job, God is always going to be the same. He never changes the prophet micah said i am the lord and i change not he never changes the writer of Hebrews said jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever so however long you may live however long you have been living already it's been the same god we're dealing with the same god that joshua is talking to the children of israel had to make a decision and they chose wisely at first, and they went over the Jordan River. And what happened was, just like the Red Sea split, remember, you know, all the waters split at the Red Sea, they're crossing this Jordan River, a river that was crazy, crazy big, unpredictable, but God still split the Red Sea, or the Jordan River, and they still walked over Dry ground, because the same God that Moses was talking to is the same God that Joshua was talking to. I know God can split seas in your life too today in this very room. Not just because we played games and we had a good song service, but He can do it at any time of your life, but especially right now. Why not? Because God is in this place right now. He's talking to you. He's working on your hearts right now. He's 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 wanting you to make a decision because God is a God who can do anything, and if He wanted to, He can make us all follow Him. But that wouldn't be love. True love is making a true decision. Like, I choose to follow him. God so loved the world, he chose to give his only begotten sons that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He made a choice for us to say that I want to give these guys everlasting life. Give them the option because I love them. True love is letting someone make that decision. But eventually, you have to get to that point where you say The things of this world, I can't focus on them because there's more important things going on. And listening to God and following his instructions will always, always lead to better rewards. They cross through the Jordan. It's like a baptism almost because they went through the water. Who's been baptized in here? baptized in the name of Jesus. It's awesome. And that's basically what they did. They had a new relationship with God. If you haven't been baptized, I encourage you to really think about it, really consider it because it's important, but also establishes a relationship with you and God that he is going to cover you all the days of your life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Joshua still had to fight battles. He still lost some battles too, even though God was on his side. You just He just wasn't listening to God enough. The children of Israel weren't listening to God enough. But God always had a backup plan for them so okay you lost this one but don't worry if you listen to me we're going to win the next one we're going to win the next one that's how it is with God once you refocus reconnect with God you're going to win the next one it doesn't always get easier they still have to fight but as long as they're giving him the praise and the glory of the fights were going to be won because God is in control of all things he will win the fight for you another type of relationship we see with that Moses and Joshua, as we see Paul and Timothy in the New Testament. And Timothy was a young minister, and Paul was old and in prison and, um, and on death row, basically. He was in trouble for being a Christian, which we don't see too much in in, um, in America, but it's all across the world. People are in trouble for being Christians, and it started, almost started with Paul and the disciples for just talking about Jesus and saying, Jesus is the Lord. That's how and they were beheaded. They were thrown in prison. They were left to rot because they loved God. But Paul, who had made his ministry, who had staked his ground in the gospel that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's going to be the one to fight all my battles because he's done it so far, he talks to Timothy, and he says that God has not given you a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind. I'm sorry I didn't give you that verse, but it's an important one, First Timothy 1 and 7. If you need a verse about, if you're feeling like you have a bunch of fear and anxiety in your life, think about 1 Timothy 1 and 7. God has not given you a spirit of fear. What spirit has he given you? He's given you the Holy Ghost, He's given you that option to have the Holy Ghost inside of you, and that is a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Because sometimes when you're anxious, when I'm anxious, it's because I'm not in the right mind. I'm not in the right mindset. I'm worrying about all these things going on outside. Maybe it's maybe it's oh, what's school going to be like? What's my family going to do? What's going on right now? But if you have the spirit of love and of power and of sound mind, anxiety has no place. It doesn't belong there, and it will flee instantly. That's the power of the name of Jesus in your life. Another advice Paul gave to Timothy in First Timothy. Uh, Dan, you mind bringing up that next verse? I know I did give you this one. Yay. (laughs) Let no one despise your youth. But be an example of the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let no man despise your youth, because what people want to do, and what you know you want to do to yourself, is I'm too young to have a relationship with God. I'm too young to have anything. I'm just gonna live my life. And what the fact of the matter is. You're never too young. In fact, people uh, more terrible things are happening to young people in the world year by year. You're, we're being exposed to more stuff than we should be at this age than what's happened 20 years ago. There's no better moment to start a relationship with God than right now. You're not too young to be an example of the believers. All of you are in that age group to be examples. So let no man despise you. Don't let yourself say, I'm too young. Don't let anyone say, I'm too young. You are just the right age to be using God's kingdom. You're just the right age for God to love you, just like he loves your parents, because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you were in the womb, God had a plan for you. Before you were even a thought, before your parents knew you existed, before your parents, 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 parents even knew that anything existed, God saw you and said, Trip, I, I got plans for you, buddy. Mason, I got plans for you. I got plans for you, Bentley. I got plans for you. God has plans for you. Not not like he's rubbing again, like, haha, I'm going to, no, he's saying, man, I'm going to show him so much love. I'm going to use him so greatly. Their mind is going to be blown by the life that I'm going to give them. You're not too young to start that. You're not too young to continue in that. You're not too young to say, oh, my parents go to church. And I'm just going to let them cover. You can start your relationship right now. But being example to the believers, being, the King James says, of the believers, not only are you example to each other, you're example to the world of what it means to be a Christian, because there's people who badmouth the church, who say like, oh, they're just bigots, they're just this and that. But if you are a true example of the believers, in word, word means the Bible, basically. Word means the word of God, but it also means the words that you use, conduct. Conduct literally means lifestyle. Does your lifestyle reflect one of love, of power, of, of sound mind, of God? In love, that is literally the Greek word for that is the same word that says God so loved the word. It's a love that says I'm going to lay down my life for you if it comes down to that. In spirit, the spirit of God, once you have the Holy Ghost, you're an example of the believer. In faith, in true belief that God is who he says he is. In purity, is living a sinless life. That is what Paul wanted Timothy to focus on. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Don't let anyone think that you're too young to believe, to be a believer. You're too young to get baptized. You're too young to, no, no. You are just the right age because God has such great plans for you. And there's no better time to start than right now, than right now. God has not given you the spirit of fear. He's not given you the spirit of anxiety, of depression. God has such better plans for you, greater things. I'm spitting everyone. I'm so sorry about that. But God has not given us that spirit, but he's called us to greater things. He's called us to lead an army of believers in your schools, when you get jobs on your jobs, in your life, in your very families. I know that we have you know, families who are have parents who are power, powerhouses, powerhouses, uh, in the church. You know, great, great men and women of God, but it doesn't mean that you can't be an example too. You have just as much right in a relationship with God as anyone else. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I'm going to give you my final words as we stand. It's the final words that Joshua gave, and he said to them, to all these people, you can stand with me if you want, and we're going to, we're going to start an altar call, you know, we're going to start praying getting focused, and letting God talk to us and use us, and just open up our hearts to what God wants to do in our lives, because God wants to do more than you even have plans for, because I don't know what plans that you have. I don't know what plans God has for you, but God knows the plans that he has for you, says, Lord, thoughts of good and not evil, of hope and a future and an expected end. God has plans for all of us, at the very end, I didn't put this up here because I'm poor at planning, but Joshua, close to the end of his life, after he has followed God faithfully for 110 years, he was 110 years old when he died, he gathered everyone together and he said, choose you this day who you will serve. There will be a day when you're no longer in our youth group. You're just, there may be a day where you're no longer living in the Tri-Cities. You may be elsewhere on, on college, business, school, whatever your life takes, wherever God uses you, but you have to make a decision for yourself. That is for me and my house. We talked about this in youth group a couple weeks ago. But still important, as for me and my house and me and what I want to do right now, I can put my thoughts and plans on hold for God to use me in my life. I can put my plans on hold. I can put my thoughts on hold for God to use me because the benefits of living for God far outweigh anything in the world. They're far better than anything the world can give you because God can give you exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask for according to his riches and glory. God can do so much for you. So I need you to ask yourself this What will I do? Will I live in this world and be of this world? Or I will separate myself. And it takes strength to step out. I I had friends in in high school who who I I didn't want to, I don't want to tell them I was a Christian because I was worried what they would say. So I just, I went to their level. I joined whatever they were talking about. And it really, it set me back so much. And I have to live with that sometimes. I have to think about the things that I've said, the things that I've done, the people I've talked to and and say, I was not being a good example of a Christian. And what is that going to do for their eternal life? Was I a good, but it's okay because I know that now the choices I make, I made the decision, I'm going to serve God no matter who's around no matter who's watching me, because what's going to happen out of that is there's going to be so much heavenly rewards because our treasure is not on earth. In fact, this earth is going to pass away. We're not going to have this place anymore. But with that, don't worry, we're not going to have pain and sickness and sorrow and fear. When we're in heaven, it's just going to be joy unspeakable, full of glory. And it's what happens on earth that sets up your life in heaven. So I need you guys to think about it right now, not just think about it, really pray about it right now. We're going to give you some time to do that, really focus on God, to choose you this day who you will serve. The Bible says a man cannot have two masters. He will, he will learn to love one and hate the other. So there's no playing on the, on, the, on the line. There's no saying on the foul line and saying it's still good either side. You have to make a decision. You have to commit. The grass may look greener on the other side, but I got to tell you, when, the, when, when it's all said and done, When you choose the things of the Lord, it's going to be so much better. I want to give you an opportunity to pray, to really get deep with God. Repent if you need to. I need to do it every day. Just say, God, I choose this day to follow you. Really decide and choose you this day who you will serve. Will you serve the things that happened in our past? Will you serve the things this world wants you to serve? Or will you serve God? Will you make him your priority? you want to come to the altar, if you want to pray where you're at, I encourage you to come to the altar. It's it's a big open space for you to talk to God. No one's going to be watching you. It's not about what other people see. It's just about you and God. If you want to go ahead and play, it's okay. Just really, really, really think about what your life is right now and what it could be if God used you and the things that God's already spoken to you about. You're not too young for God to talk to you. You're not too young to pray and have a relationship with God. You can choose right now on your own. I will serve the Lord. I'm gonna ask if every every eye closed and every hand lifted, focus up on God. And really just get deep with Him right now. Say, God, God, I want I want you to be the one I serve. I want you to be my King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I don't care about whatever the world is pushing. I don't care about whatever the world is offering, but I choose to focus on you and follow you. Because there are spiritual giftings in this place over your lives. There are prophetic works in your life. I know that sounds like big words and big talks and crazy stuff, but it's real. There are people who will work miracles in here. That you will lay hands on people and they will recover. You just have to choose God right now. You're not too young to serve God. You're not too young to have a relationship with God. There will be people in this room who will dream dreams and see visions of God. There will be people who you are already getting images in your mind of people in your school, in your home, in your classes, in your hallways where you can pray for them and see their life change because God has plans for you. Just get close to him right now. Say, God, God, I want you to use me in my life. I want you to be my number one right now could care less about what everything else is. I could care less because I know that I can put on strength and have good courage. God, I pray in this room that courage rises up, courage to make the right decisions when everything else is saying go the other way, but you will stand firm with them. You will trust, you will put your strength in them of those who trust in you, God. I pray for the miraculous to open up in this room, God. I pray for clean hearts and open ears and open mouths, speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance today. If you haven't spoken in tongues before, if you haven't had the Holy Ghost before, if it's been forever, today is the chance to do it. God is in this room right now. His eyes are going to and fro across the chairs to see a heart that's completely after Him. Give your heart to Him right now. Give your heart to Him right now. Just say, God, I want you in my life. God, I want you in my life. Oh, hallelujah.